We ain't got no time to waste. We're here to do this. June 16th, Wednesday, episode 89 of The Hezzy, brought to you by basketballgods.net. Let's start with the all-NBA teams. First team, Steph Curry, Luka Doncic, Kawhi Leonard, Giannis Antetokounmpo. Is it Kumpo? Kumbo? Y'all know I jacked that shit up. And then obviously the reigning MVP, Nikola Jokic, at the center position. That's first team. Second team, we've got Chris Paul, Damian Lillard, LeBron James, Julius Randle, Joel Embiid. Third team is Kyrie Irving, Brad Beal, Paul George, Jimmy Butler, and Rudy Gobert. For me, I don't know about Butler being in there. Maybe I'm just sour on how Miami's season ended, but I just don't think he was consistent enough. Now, I know Durant missed some time here, but I think you got to put KD in there over Butler, right? And then I would probably put Donovan Mitchell over Bradley Beal. Devin Booker was snubbed. Jason Tatum was snubbed. Snubbed is a hard word, right? I mean, you look at that list and it's hard to take some of these guys off. But Bradley Beal, I just, I don't, I mean, I guess, you know, he scored a lot of points. But when you look at what is Bradley Beal average on the Utah Jazz, right? You know, so you can go into that. But I think ultimately the problem with these all NBA teams is they've got to just do away with the positions. I think you just just have 15 players. It doesn't matter positions. And then I think it'll be more fair. Now, the other storyline to this is because Jason Tatum and Donovan Mitchell missed out on one of these teams, they legit lost $33 million into their Supermax extension. Poor guys, right? Like when you consider they're already making like $200 million, it's hard to feel sorry for them. But that's, I mean, that's significant no matter how you slice it, right? I don't care what type of lifestyle you're living. And, you know, it just makes me feel like when you tie money to these teams, does it not incentivize the team of some of these young guys in this scenario to kind of pull whatever strings they have to get their guy left off this team? I don't know. Maybe I'm reaching here. Maybe I'm reaching here. But I just like, for instance, I know Danny Ainge is out in Boston. But didn't that seem like a real Danny Ainge thing? Because if whoever they know that gets a vote and has votes around this, right? If they're like, yeah, you can you can go ahead and leave Jason off. You can go ahead and do that. You know, that might cost us another 33 mil. So I don't know. I don't know how they're doing this. They got to, I think, take the money aspect out of it and take the positional aspect out of it so it can be more fair. It's a tough list, man. It's a tough list. I, I really have a hard time knocking any of these guys off. I think, I think you could take off, if you look at the third team, you could really swap out the whole third team. Kyrie, I'd leave there because his, his numbers were crazy, but you could, you could argue he didn't play enough games, right? Bradley Beal scored a lot of points on a, on a pretty bad team. Uh, you could easily argue to put Tatum and Booker in there instead of Paul George or Jimmy Butler, right? And then Rudy Gobert is the, the defensive player of the year, but you have to have a center. So yeah, I don't know, man. I, I don't get too worked up about it, but uh, I think the money thing, there, there could be some shadiness around that, to be honest with you. When you're dealing with that type of money, how could you be naive to think that there couldn't be? So Nets and Bucks, game five. I was astonished that Harden suited up. I was. I, I thought that it was posturing leading into the game, or maybe he would just play a few minutes to kind of just give the, the team a lift. But no, nah, he was out there. Game starts, and for the first time, I think, in the series, it felt like the Bucks were the aggressor. They came out and punched the Nets in the mouth. And you saw the Nets 
they were a little tight, right? It, it seemed like their others were feeling the pressure, pulling the string short, and, and the confidence and swagger of those guys, it just wasn't there to start the game. I'll give Giannis credit. He, he passed up some threes, and what you saw him do was wait for that dribble handoff action, right? When they were gapping him from three and he's taking those size-up threes, this time he'd wait for someone on a handoff, and that's the answer because, you know, the counter to that would be he keeps the handoff and then you get him downhill where you want him. And so I think that they need to, they need to spam the hell out of that. I, he shouldn't even be taking the three. There's no need. You know, Harden was a decoy out there clearly, right? But it, it worked. And I think most importantly, what it did was it gave Durant some juice. Now, I'm not saying Durant wasn't going to come out and try to kill him anyway, but I think, you know, having Harden out there even just as a decoy, relieves some of the pressure and attention to Durant. And so it, it was successful. You know who Drew Holiday is reminding me of right now? Eric Bledsoe. <laughs> I mean, was he averaging 13 and 6 on 39% shooting in the series? I don't know, man. To be honest with you, I've been so disappointed in the Bucks, I found myself rooting for the Nets. I did. I, it, it was, and it was surprising to me, like y'all know, I've been a net hater all season long, but at a certain point here, like, I feel like the Bucks don't deserve to advance and I want to see good basketball. I want to see, I want to see these legends and see what they can do. I give Giannis credit for, for not settling for threes and trying to attack. He, he's just so much better when he just makes one move. When he dances with the ball it almost takes away his athletic and size advantage. Like, stop dancing. Just make one decisive move. That's really kind of a general rule of thumb in basketball and really in, in sports. The bigger and more athletic you are, the less you should play around with the ball, the less moves you need. Got to give Jeff Green love, right? I mean, seven of eight from three. He low-key was the hero, right? We all knew KD was capable of one of these. And I'm not trying to take anything away from him, but you don't, you get seven threes from Jeff Green. I mean, <laughs> that was huge, man, for him to just, and that what, his second game back? And then down the stretch, you saw what? Giannis was four of seven from the free throw line, but it's just forever going to be a problem down the stretch of games. But I want to go back to something here. I want to go back to something here. Do you remember a few years ago when it was put out there that Giannis, turned down summer invitations from Durant, LeBron, I think even Kawhi, Team Nike, the Team Nike boys that all fraternize and practice in the summer together. And Giannis turned it down. I think we all praised him at the time for not fraternizing with Team Nike. I know I did. And I, I got the idea of he didn't want to become friends with these guys because it would weaken his competitiveness towards them. I understood that concept. And at the time, I was like, yeah, man, that's dope. I like that. He cut different, right? But what he passed on was the knowledge of how the elites train behind closed doors. It's one thing to put in the work, but is it the right work? If you're getting bad reps, say, at the free throw line and with your three ball, it obviously does you no good. And I think Giannis could have really benefited from being around those guys and seeing up close the details of how they put in work. I could almost guarantee you his shot would not look like what it is right now if he spent summers with Durant and LeBron and those guys that work out together. 
it just by osmosis. Like there's, there's little details and there's little things that you pick up, even if you don't know you're picking it up. But I guarantee you it would have been tweaked. So yeah, at the time, again, I praised it. I think we're all tired of the AAU type fraternizing amongst these stars, but it turns out that I think he really needed it. I think Giannis really could have used that knowledge and to be around those guys because whoever is guiding him now and overseeing his workouts, it ain't it. It ain't it. You know, the, the development has not happened. Again, if he was in there with those guys in the summer, it would have forced him to add to his bag. Maybe that will change moving forward. As far as the Slim Reaper goes, I don't have a lot to say. I mean, why explain what's already understood? The best score ever. And he reminded us of it last night. My question is, what is the cost of playing the whole game? 48 minutes? Hard minute, like in a playoff game like that? You know, did you see Reggie Miller tweeted out after the game? He proposed the idea of resting Durant and Harden in game six and just getting ready for game seven. Game six is Thursday. Honestly, I like it. I like it, but I don't think the NBA would stand for it. More importantly, I don't think Durant would sit. I don't, I don't think you could hold him out. I think he wants to go. So what more realistically what happens is, is you see how it goes and you pull the plug quick. If you're Steve Nash, you roll him out there, right? Bucks go up, you know, 17, 18 points. I, I say that and we, they're just coming off a comeback from 17 and 18. So it's tough to, to sell that maybe to his players. But if the Bucks jump all over them early, you pull back. You pull back and you, and you start to rest them. I think that that's how they play it. But in reality, it doesn't matter. It really doesn't matter because the series is over. The series is over. Listen to Giannis. Well, what, what could uh, done better on KD? Stress. Uh, uh, man, uh, we've been, you, you've been around us like a, a long time. What do you What do you think? Let's have a conversation. Uh, the first two things that come to mind is you could have guarded him. Me personally. Yes. Okay. What else? What's the second? The second idea would be to double the ball out of his hands. Oh man. Oh, I don't know, man. Just keep making it tough. Uh, obviously, one of the best scorers to ever play the game. Um, it's it's kind of it's tough. It's tough, you know, like. He he's the best. He's the best player in the world right now, and uh, we gotta we gotta beat him as a team. We gotta guard him as a team. We gotta make him um, make tough shots like tonight. Uh, and we just gotta keep doing our job, and hopefully, like he hopefully he's gonna miss. He just conceded the series. I really like Giannis. I know I've been I've been harsh with him lately, and you know you gotta hold him to higher standards. He's a two-time MVP. I d don't get this twisted. I really like Giannis, but we're seeing some flaws and we're seeing him take some lumps and that's how you get better here. But right, he's almost too transparent. Again, <laughs> learn from the, from Nike boys themselves and, and LeBron himself, like you, you just can't say that stuff in the middle of a series before it's over. It, it, it just, it, to me, that, that was it. When I heard that, I was like, oh, it's done. I don't, I don't care who's playing for the Nets, right? And then, you know, one thing I would point out as you heard in that interview is I understand the switching, the matchups and stuff like that, but Giannis was just named first team all defense. And he didn't take one defensive possession on Durant down the stretch? I don't know. You know, Giannis's story, his legacy is far from set. But it, it's taken an interesting turn here about halfway through, isn't it?
and it's like a turning point where if I, I spoke about it about a week week ago, right? Like, is he going to grow from this or is he going to just keep beating his head against the wall? Because your strength is your weakness. It's very much like Russell Westbrook, right? His all gas, no brakes, strong-willed, kind of hard-headed mentality. Is that going to work against him developing at this stage in his career? But I think the series is over once I heard that. You know what I mean? And so we'll see how it goes. I think the question for the Nets is, though, Nash, albeit maybe having to because of the injuries, at some point it's going to catch up to them. Whether it's in the Eastern Conference Finals or the Finals, you can't keep rolling Durant out for 45, 48 minutes and expect him to get all the way through these playoffs. So, And I'm not saying he's going to get hurt. Knock on wood that he doesn't. I'm just saying he's not going to be as efficient at some point here. It's going to cost him in just his game. By the way, patrons, I'm I'm vlogging my daughter's summer league. You know, I'm going to put it together here where it's smoother. I'm going to start vlogging some of our training and then some highlights from her games here. And that's where I was at last night. She plays two games a night, two or three times a week. And so if you were wondering, hey, can I get this breakdown? I was I was out all night until till 930 last night, caught the rest of it. I'm planning tonight in between her games. I want to do uh, Hawk Sixers. I want to jump around to all these series and try to get one of their games. So you can expect a breakdown from that game tomorrow. And then once we move into the conference finals, then I should be able to cover every exciting game. But how about the news that broke this morning? I'll lead with uh, Stan Van Gundy out in New Orleans. No surprise there. I called for it like halfway through the season, right? It was real clear, like, oh, this ain't going to work. This ain't going to, you see Brandon Ingram, the way Brandan Ingram was looking at him and Lonzo. I mean, and it's probably his last opportunity as a head coach, if you think about you know, the stop in Detroit and now how quickly he left here. And it, it just reaches a certain point where I don't think he can connect with today's players. That's really what it is. It's not like he forgot how to coach. I never thought he was elite, but I thought he was pretty solid. But I don't think he can relate to this generation of player. And it's that simple. But let's move on to the shocking news. The Western Conference playoff picture has just dramatically changed overnight. Kawhi Leonard is out with an injured right knee. He will not play tonight in game five against the Jazz. The Clippers are being very vague about the diagnosis, right? You know, they're playing it tight to the vest as they should. It's his right knee. Uh, People noticed it in game four, right? He said he was fine and now he's not. The thing that we know about Kawhi historically is we know he's not going to push it, right? If he's not right, he's not going to suit up and tough it out. At least that's what we've seen in the past. Nor does he seem to be a quick healer. Say a quick heal. Maybe, maybe some of y'all don't believe in that. I've I've seen it too many times. Some people just heal quicker. I, I don't have an explanation for it. Maybe like some sort of some scientist or doctor can explain it, like cell turnover or sleep. It could be nutrition. Some people just heal quicker. And again, looking at the history of Kawhi, he seems to be a guy that really takes his time to heal. So that's just crucial, man. I mean, like, what do you I don't have to explain how devastating that is to the Clippers. I bring up the Ewing theory. For a small amount of time, you remove a star player from a team and they actually play a little bit better. That's going to be tough, man. That's now Paul. This is really an opportunity for Paul George to really shake the pandemic P label in all the, the playoff shade that we've thrown at him. If he can put this Clippers team on his back, get them out of this round. I think that that really puts a notch in his cap and kind of shakes that label. So he's got to seize this opportunity because. You know, it sounds like Kawhi is going to miss the rest of this series. If he isn't going to play game five, what, he's going to be ready by Sunday? I don't know about that. And then, if that wasn't enough, Chris Paul has entered COVID protocol. 
I mean, man, CP's got to feel like the basketball gods just hate him. If you've been paying attention to those during the regular season, some guys were out for like two weeks. It could be 14 days in the protocol. But apparently, if you've been vaccinated, it's not as long. Maybe it can be like a week, six or seven days. But in all the reports I read, it kept saying, if Chris Paul is vaxxed, then it will be less time away from the team. And the fact that they kept saying if makes me feel like he isn't. I feel like if he was, they would have just let it be known now. And all of a sudden, right when it looked like Utah was going to limp off back home into the sunset, they've got a ton of life, right? They seem to have a huge advantage in this Western Conference picture. No Kawhi Leonard. They get out of this series and they may not see Chris Paul. Unbelievable. I don't want to hear no asterisk shit, though. I mean, this is this is just life. This is what happens. Every year there's weird circumstances. There just happens to be crazier ones right now. And you, who gets through it is who gets through it, man. So we'll see. This is the Hezzy, brought to you by BasketballGods.net. I'm out, y'all.